0: You're you're saying you would play a cop? I would only play a cop. <laughs> I'm waiting for a good cop role. In Fruitvale Station 2. But the meeting
1: is not a thing about a cop.
0: No, no. It's just like a writing <laughs> It's a meeting at the police station. With friends. Yeah, friends, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to become an actual cop, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, and I should just say also, if at any point you want me to like cut something or not include something, you know, that wouldn't really fit with my perception of you as someone who's not really afraid of cancel culture. But if you want to go that way,
0: I, I'm like know. ironic about it. I do satire and stuff. But truthfully, I am terrified. No. <laughs> um, In all honesty, I, I like yeah. Tucker Carlson. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> What's your Fox Nation password? By the <laughs> yeah,
0: way? Yeah. Uh, we don't share Fox Nation passwords.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't even want to. Like th- that's the one where you'll like buy You extra. buy you buy extra
0: ones. Yeah, yeah. These tools are for you to use.
1: These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife. Conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name is Dave marr I'm a comedian who lives in Chicago. I survived a month-long coma eight years ago, and I woke up with questions for people like my guest, Martin Urbano. You may have heard me say that previous guests, Megan Strickland and Annie Donnelly, are two of the three funniest people in the world, and I don't know who the third one is. It, It rotates, maybe. I think after talking to Martin, I realized maybe Martin's the third. Maybe Martin definitely has a case for funniest person on earth. I'm very excited for you to hear this conversation. Find out more about him and links to his incredible Kimmel set in the show notes. Also, you can support the show and get awesome bonus audio for yourself by going to patreon.com slash Dave Marr. Whether you pledge at $5 or $15 a month, you get all the bonus content that I send out at the $15 a month level, you are a pigeon level patron, and those people get shout-outs. They are Susie Carroll, Fred Fidewa, Katie Llewellyn, Kurt Chang, Debo, John Lee, and Shuba Singh. Also, please support the show by reviewing it. Review, review, review. It's been almost a year since I've had a review, and I know I'm begging. I just I I, I try to find other modes, but the mode I've got is begging. Please, please make a review make a good review make me feel better and tell your friends tell your friends about the show subscribe i word of mouth is all i've got and word of mouth is really all we've got in this world you know so let's do it let's give each other that word of mouth and now enjoy my conversation with one of the funniest people on the planet martin urbano i grab your whip and take it back to Chi-Town. when i'm in Chi-Town,
0: i paint your hell um just sort of like just probably like a podcast where uh <laughs> no um i don't know that's such a such a broad question most most things would be a custom hell for me like most things would make yeah. me sad um i guess okay. what i guess i'm i'm me in a place surrounded by um uh just like woke liberals just <laughs> just a bunch of snowflakes in a room talking about you know talk about gender this gender that you know my gender is kiss my ass (laughs) it's just being being at that roseanne bar taping and having to just sit there quietly would be my personal hell
1: would that actually be your hell? Or like when you're at like a horrible comedy thing, even not a politically horrible, but maybe politically horrible. Do, do you have the glee of like, this is so bad right now.
0: You, this is amazing. You know, that that is fair because sometimes I do, if I'm in a good mood. Like if I'm feeling yeah. good, things are going well. I've been in a good mind space as of late creatively. I'm feeling good. I have stuff you know, just generally going well. Uh, I'm like, oh, this is like insane. This is good fodder. Um, I'm happy to be here. This is, I'm laughing at this. This is so joyous. Um, Yeah. I remember one time I was like going to support a a friend who was doing like kind of like a bringer show at a club, just like doing an audition thing. And I was just sitting in the crowd and there was a guy, a comedian went up. You may know his name. I'm not going to say it, but he's like, just like this, like bald buff, short guy. Um, and he went I up. I know his
1: name. If I, you didn't say it.
0: I, I mean, like you know, maybe you would. If I had said it, maybe you would.
1: Mm, okay.
0: But I, but I'm not gonna say. It. Uh, because he's, he's he's just some guy who's around. But I didn't know him at the time. He just went up and he was like the one of the regulars doing doing the show, and he just starts going into the audience one by one and just saying like the most like first thought stereotype, just like oh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Indian guy, what are you at a call center? Uh, oh, you know, Mexican guy, what are you tacos? You know, he's like barely making any sense. Just like Asian, good at math. You like, know, like duck, duck he's goose. just just like basically tacos, just call center. Truly, that is how it sounded, and it made me laugh so hard, so heartily. <laughs> I was enjoying every moment of it. And when he got to me, I was wearing like a um a uh, like a floral button up shirt, and so you guys, me is like, look at this Asian Hawaiian over here. <laughs> like that's like all he said. And that made me laugh. One of the hardest I've ever laughed at a comedy show. Uh, I'm neither of those things. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, yeah. So, so you know, in, if I'm in a good mind space, but when I'm not, uh, it is, it makes me very sad to see when it's like going well stuff that I'm like, and it's not, I don't really perform in places typically where there's like a lot of the, uh, um, that type of roseanne person it's a it's mm-hmm. it's the subtle stuff that i can see because i listen to so much of it and i think about it a lot right. probably way too much but it's the, the stuff that i see that i'm like oh this that's bad that sucks i hate this that's not gonna age well and it's just destroying destroying and i'm just sitting there and i'm waiting and i know when i go up and do my stuff it's going to be a little too weird it's going to go fine because i can mm-hmm. do it fine now but it's just going to go fine and it's it, it, it's it's maybe even going to a couple jokes are going to bomb and i'm just going to feel bad i have to watch this that's when i feel uh really bad about it so it's probably just my own mental health stuff
1: <laughs> <That affects laughs> well, it. is it is it would it be more hellish for you to not even be on the lineup to be only in the audience
0: Then I guess maybe there's, like, less pressure, Mm, but, uh, uh, like, okay, Uh, being at a live taping of a real time with Bill Maher would be my hell. (laughs) That would be my hell, where I'm not allowed to, like, take notes or, like, be on my, you know, I'm not allowed to, I have to be sitting there, Uh, Mm -hmm. if not, I'll get in trouble if I, like, start talking or start, you know, doing anything, and I have to just watch this fucking smug piece of shit. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's a really good you like nailed the particularly yeah, the particular kind of bad politics.
0: I mean, sometimes I watch those like, clips of for, you know, for like research for like my character or whatever. And I'll have to like pause it and just like stand up and like walk it off for a little bit. I just get like really really upset. Um, re- you do like
1: r- research for your character?
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, no, well, with so, Bill Maher, I just am a religious viewer. I just like really like the stuff. I'm a religious a viewer. A religious you know, there viewer. You know, there we yeah. go. Race into <laughs> it.
1: Um. <laughs> um, but uh, he, okay, whoa, but okay, man, tell me about that. You like do, you do research.
0: I, I, I like. You don't to, feel like you
1: have it locked in at this
0: point. I like to know what I'm making fun of and like what the arguments are there that are being used that I can parody satire you know whatever i do whatever the fuck it is i do yeah yeah. um you know not a lot
1: of great unannoying words to to talk about that stuff
0: (laughs) yeah 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 i mean and in a lot of ways i'm just saying what they're saying but just being like "Eh," you know (laughs) 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 uh but yeah it's i think it's you know important for like if i'm making a cosby joke i have to like read all the articles about cosby and like you know do all the you know, research. So if I'm making fun of um yeah, people who are saying cancel culture, all that stuff, I I, I want right. to hear exactly what they're saying. But it, it is it can be um emotionally uh taxing, I suppose, uh yeah. on on myself to just like watch, you know, to look at stand up specials that have millions and millions of views and uh, in front of a giant crowd that I, I've never performed to a crowd that mm. big cheering them on and just being like, This is this is upsetting to me. But Uh, Maybe come up with a good joke from it. I guess I don't know. God, that's so.
1: Did man, this is fascinating. (laughs) That you that like, and and it feels real. It's like, oh, that makes sense. How you are able to, if you look at text transcripts of your act and whatever their act is, it's like the words really how how. How is this other one so clearly the other one being yours mm-hmm. so clearly coming from a different place and it must be because you're doing shit like that.
0: Yeah, I I I maybe sometimes are using people's uh I notice that like if you when people have their setups I mean this is going to sound stupid. They have their setups saying one thing then their punchlines always (laughs) going to say the other but in terms of like there's a lot of people using their setups being like now i don't hate gay people so then where's that going to go oh they're going to say something that's like homophobic you know like that was a big thing so i have to start off the opposite way to be like you know like i don't know to make it clear that whatever the first part is is sounding hateful to then subvert it um so sometimes i end up using people's uh punch lines i think as my setups um i don't mm. know it, it really started okay. one time i saw a guy i watched a guy i was at caroline's now now closed comedy club caroline's uh a guy go up saying uh was like right after the me too movement he's like oh me too movement I'm scared you can't even sneeze around a woman anymore I'm scared to even fart around a woman anymore (laughs) and then that is now like that was like the first one that I added my own thing to it after because I was like this is insane and I saw other people do stuff like that and that was the first one that was like okay this is can't sneeze around a woman my version was you can't sneeze around a woman anymore uh, because then what if she hears you hiding in her closet you know so it's that's the um, you know the first one that I kind of started and now it's like, Oh, so I have to go and I watch these people's specials and like, you know, see what they say. And, and it's
1: <laughs> right. The bummer sometimes. It, it's, <laughs> I was, I was, I was, wa- I was reading some of the comments under one of your videos and someone referred to them as like dad jokes. And I'm like, I get, I get what you're saying. I get the, the sort of broad mm. brushstroke, of a dad joke is here maybe, but like, I hope these weren't your dad's
0: <laughs> jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it was uh Ronan Farrow said that. No, it was, um, <laughs> it was, uh, it, it, my stuff used to be, I think a little bit more like that, like pre pandemic post pandemic, I came back and, and kind of got rid of a lot of the, you know, it was dark, but it was corny. It was like corny, dark. But Mm -hmm. the silly thread is still there. And so uh, now after that, I kind of like stayed with silly, um, but kind of tried to scrub away the corny and instead made it a little bit more. um, I don't know, something else. But da- dad jokes What's that I did I did used to mean those two things for you.
1: Well, because I, I think the dad joke was you were like this me too thing. It's become such a witch hunt. It's all it's only turned up rapists. Where are you guys are supposed to be on witches.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: was like, pretty, that's pretty funny, but no, I agree.
0: Yeah, I guess those those to me are even less. So I, I think even more like my Kimmel set, like I feel like there were even, I'm sure some jokes in there that were a little bit more, I, I don't know, just some jokes that I would do where part of it was that it's like, Oh, it's kind of corny. And that's like, part. that's like part of it. It's like, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's the set to talk about something really dark or upsetting. Right. And then throw it. And then just at the end, it's just like this stupid corny joke. You know, it's like, that is funny to me, but I wanted to go a little bit, you know, in a different direction. I don't know. Like, yeah, I used to pull a, okay. I used to do a bit where I pulled a card out of my ass and it was covered in shit. And now post pandemic, I don't do that. That's like, you know, what's it covered? in? <laughs> now it's just c- covered in comb, I pull it out of my <laughs> cock and I show my cock on stage. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, no, I, The. I also, I'm going to try to make this the last, prop i give you for a joke not that you i mean i'm sure you'll take them but the uh the the i think it was like your open you're like kind of like t- level setting joke for all the me too stuff where you're mm-hmm. like i really support it but i i don't um i don't like any anything it's turned up about me personally <laughs> um and that was just like uh oh, dude it feels really bad being a comedian like quoting another comedian's good joke back at them why less well i just it feels great to me that i that i feel okay good good good. i like it um (laughs) but my my but what i really want to know is in back in this hell scenario where you're go you're following roseanne at the fox nation (laughs) It,
0: it's more. Remember. Somebody asked me, like, would you open for Roseanne? I'm like, yeah, in a heartbeat. They're they're like people like to ask, like, how much money would it take to for you to open for Cosme? I'm like, free. I would do it for free. Let me do it right now. I would love to, um, but th- but
1: not changing your set, obviously. Oh. You're like, I'll just do
0: oh uh, the stuff that I would. Say. I would write like a completely new set. I've. <laughs> On some ways, I think it would be funny to like say some upsetting shit that'll get my mic cut out. On other ways, I think it would be funny to deliver just a normal set <laughs> opening for Cosby, um, recording it. Um, but like, real time with Bill Maher—that's my hell. A live taping,
1: sure, sure, sure. But I mean, what I mean in in the the first sort of mm. um, terrible—you're seeing someone kill with terrible jokes, having the stomach ache of having to go up after them. Um, mm have you been in that situation and had people I mean I guess it's the like original Chappelle thing of like noticing people laughing at your shit the way that you in the exact wrong way being like oh I think I just created a couple of proud boys as
0: opposed to now Chappelle stuff where he's definitely making all the right people (laughs) laugh in the right ways Mm -hmm. um What will I like? Like for myself, like to go up and yeah, like have you?
1: Because I I was like, I can see an idiot enjoying this set who I don't think gets it in the right. Like, actually understands that they're the butt of the joke. It's, it's. I don't mean that. Is I mean that's a compliment to you. It's
0: it's impossible to avoid that. I think, like I've yeah, just in in the nature of of what i'm doing by not my game i'm playing is to not tell the truth the entire time i'm on stage like that's basically the game um and so by nature of it there's going to be people who i don't like who will like what i do also it's designed to speak in the language that people like that will understand and that they can't just Mm -hmm. be like oh you're just going for clapped or comedy you're just going for this or you're just going for that oh it's because of this or you're saying that directly i'm like i'm using your exact language in every way, your joke structure style. I've studied it. I understand it. I'm using that. Um, but I'm hopefully people can see being very spiteful against them. Um, and that's, that's the goal. And I'm sure uh, some people see it, but I really do structure it. And especially in like 10 minute sets, like showcase shows going, going up around the city. Um, you, you could probably watch it and, and be somebody who I don't like and, and, and enjoy it. Um, but because I'm also just giving my showcase one, just like, you know, I, I I have like just a couple like impression jokes and I, I like warm them up before I go into any of the meaty stuff and the, and that stuff can only be brief. You know, you, my longer, I can, I can do 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe 20, but I have like an hour, you know, like I can, and I can't do 40 of those minutes in just like a regular set. It requires so much context and stuff. Um, yeah. But I remember one time I was, like, making, you know, making some pedophile jokes or whatever. And after a show, I was hanging out with, uh, do you know Marsha? Marsha Belsky? I know the name. I was hanging out with Marsha, another comic, very funny, outside of Union Hall. And, like, another, uh, there was another comic there. I forget who. But uh, we were talking about the pedophile jokes or something. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, one thing I, that I like about what I do, you know, my own ass is, like, a couple years ago. One thing I like about what, I, you know, it's like, no pedophiles will enjoy my jokes. And then they both just laughed in my face and they're just like, why would you think that? I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know why I thought that because because in my mind, I know like how I'm trying to be as clear as possible. And since then, I've like I keep sharpening it, sharpening it, sharpening it. And I hope that I'm I'm making it. I have some stop gaps now to be like. I have the, I have this part in my set where I'm sitting on the stool and I'm going into like these Me Too jokes and stuff where I my opening part to that is um it's a scary time to be a man. Fellas clap if you agree. And then some places, you know, here in Brooklyn, nobody claps. A yeah. lot of places people clap. A lot of places yeah. there's some people who are clapping. And that's the one time that i like feel comfortable, legit breaking character. I cover my mouth and I just say, if you're around somebody who clapped, watch your drinks and then that makes everybody laugh and the people who clapped feel very uncomfortable and that makes me so happy so then i can like go into the me too stuff a little bit more like so you know where i'm coming from and and i made those people feel the most uncomfortable in the entire room is my hope but also there's probably some people who clapped and then they're like they're so in their mindset of like i'm right and like oh this guy haha good one but i'm i you know i'm funny i got a good sense of humor or whatever you know i don't know you can't predict how everybody's gonna feel
1: dude this game that you have it feels like the kind of thing did a switch flip for you where you or was this the project from the beginning Mm. or did you did a specific thing happen where you found your game where you found what you do
0: I, i think it was those me too jokes that i like it was after like, I'm proud of my Kimmel set, and there's still, like, a lot of stuff in there that is, um, you know, influences m- my current stuff. Man, I like talking about myself. There's a lot of stuff so
1: there. You're on the show.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, um, I have I have all these thoughts about my set. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But like it was it was like after the Me Too movie, I, I used to just like make fun of stuff that I thought was like hacky or like I saw as bad comedy. And that was a very like broad spectrum of stuff. You know, it's yeah, like, oh, ha- yeah, yeah, yeah. Starbucks coffee cups. It's like, you know, like or Starbucks writing the name on the, you know, like that kind of stuff. So it would just be that. And then I would do my best to subvert it. And usually dark because I like dark comedy, you know, whatever. Uh, like So like, that yeah, was then. always on your mind. That was always that was always you were never me. like, I got to
1: share the fucking Martin Urbano story.
0: Never. I had never felt like that. Yeah. My, I liked, you know, even like Dimitri Martin and Mitch Hedberg. I'm like, they're just <laughs> making jokes, <laughs> you know, yeah, Um totally Steve Martin. I'm like that guy's like playing a character. So like those that's the direction I was always going. And then okay. just okay. after the Me Too movement happened and just so many comedians saying the same <laughs> stuff over and over that I thought was just like so overdone and so dumb too that i was like oh this seems like just ripe for making fun of so i wrote the like i wrote like a minute of jokes making fun of those guys me too jokes um and i did it and i had been doing it for maybe like a month and i had like a, got to do a comedy central one of those digital ones that they one of those tapings that they've been doing mm-hmm. this was in 20 must has been 2018 uh in it was september 11th 2018 uh <laughs> I will never forget that day.
1: Oh, it really was. Uh, it
0: was. Yeah. Um, so I did it then. I was like, it was only a month, but I'm like, these are like fresh. These are good. I have this taping. This is going to be perfect. I'm just going to do them here. That way they'll be out really quick. Cause they're probably going to age like milk. Everybody's going to like, see that these people are stupid and they're hacky people. Everyone's going mm-hmm. to, th- these jokes are going to be like overdone. Not Become
1: a whole wave of
0: comedy. Well, the set didn't get released until like five months later. It was like February. It came out. And like in that entire time, I was like, this is like, it's not going to everyone. And Oh wait, nobody is making any jokes like that. They're just continuing to do the stuff that I was making fun of originally. Wow. So it came out and I was like, Oh yeah, this is, this is, I enjoy this very much. Uh, this character and this persona, and I'm just seeing it more and more. This is like the direction I need to go. Um, And just, you know, my little, I hate in injustice or whatever, you know, like whatever is guiding me in this, like these fucking pieces you know, these assholes are being so mean and you know, whatever that whole side of it is. But yeah.
1: You have plenty to say about your own set and about all the uh the intricacies of it, but the the thing that you wanna say in a tiny voice and get over as quickly as possible is your actual response to injustice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What do you hope happens when you die?
0: Um, that the world goes with me. I want to die in the apocalypse <laughs> with everyone. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, but what do you, you mean? Like Does after a part I, of you feel that way? Uh, I think it would be kind of nice if everybody just uh if we all just died at the same time. Um, just holding hands across the world, <laughs> singing "We Are the World." Uh-huh. Or, or making a Coca-Cola commercial. That would be nice. Um, for
1: that never gets aired.
0: Yeah, it just airs in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Actually, did you ever watch that movie Seeking a Friend for the End of the World? No. It was Steve Carell and Kira Knightley, I believe. Okay. It came out in 2012 or something like that. A while ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, the will spoiler alert for the movie. The World Ends. Uh, and at the end, they're just kind of like waiting for the world to end, and it's like Steve Carell and like Keira Knightley are like holding hand. They're just like lying in bed. And she's like, "I'm scared," and he's like, "It's you know, it's uh uh it's gonna be okay. Hey, we're just here, you know, it's gonna be fine." And then the world just fucking ends. Like the world blows up or whatever. Uh, and that terrified me when I saw it. That would be the most upsetting thing ever. The idea of knowing you're about to die while you're dying and there's nothing you can do is uh, really upsetting to me, actually.
1: Does it apply on a small scale level, like in a hospital bed, as opposed to just apocalypse? Or yeah. Is it mostly
0: like the one they said, like there, there's that story about a, a lady who like called her mom while she was getting eaten by a bear. And she's like, I, and she knew that she was dying and she like leave, left her mom a voicemail. Like, I'm dying. I'm getting eaten by this bear. I mean, that shit freaks me out so hard.
1: Yeah. What is it? I mean so well, are you afr like if someone were to ask you, are you afraid of death? What would you say to that?
0: I used to have a crippling fear of death. A, okay. a very a, a very upsetting fear of death. Um it it like I was re I would really freak out about it for a while, but the thing that changed my perception on it was the uh pixar's coco have you ever seen coco
1: Are, wait this is, this yeah, is yeah 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 this is real? real i have seen coco i coco watched it real? in
0: theaters uh it made me cry it was really nice i liked it a lot i didn't want to go Alzheimer's see it Alzheimer's shit is so it's, it's such a tearjerker it's man. so it's it's tough um yeah. I I didn't want to go see the movie because I was like I don't want you know like uh you know my girlfriend at the time was like oh you gotta you gotta go see it like yeah um it's it's like they look like even looks like you. you know this is like you gotta go support like this like you know Mexican f- film and uh, you know like uh, Mexican family on film. And I was like, "No, nah, I don't want to go sit down and watch a movie about like my family being dead for like 90 minutes." You know, that sucks. But she's like, "No, you got to." Go. I'm like, yeah, "Okay, fine. I'll I'll go." And I went and I like loved it. I was like laughing, I was crying. It was like the best. And afterwards, I realized I shouldn't be scared of death because we'll live on forever in the memories of me familia. Un poco loco, un poquito. yeah. That uh, in in a very silly way, but like I know I know it's silly, but it's also truthful. It's like that movie kind of helped me like face a, a F- f- made me feel better about about death
1: so it really did it was the idea that like you'll live on in your family's memories that comforted you
0: i think in some ways i don't know it was just i think it was just like a sweet movie about death and it just made me less terrified of it um it gave me like it, it wasn't about like god like catholic god jesus and all that you know but it was mm-hmm. but it was like t- talking about death um and and I think, you know, it's like to bring up Bill Maher again, like religious and like the, a lot of like atheist people at that time really kind of fucked with my head when I was like in high school because that made more sense to me than what everybody else said. It's like, I'm like, I don't believe this stuff and, and I feel bad. And they're like, you're just not believing good enough. I'm like, that's bad. That's not good <laughs> for me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like turned to atheism, but then didn't really have anything past that. They were just like, God isn't real. And it's like, okay, then what next? And they're like, uh. Um, just be a dick, I guess. I'm like, okay, um, <laughs> yeah. and and like try to convince everybody else that God doesn't exist. I'm like, okay, I right. guess that's our mission. Um, Start a
1: media empire of some <laughs> sort. Yeah,
0: yeah, basically. Uh, and 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 just I don't know. Maybe maybe seeing something that was just like cute and for the family that was talking about it, and yeah, you know, the idea that yeah, yeah, like well, I got family and friends, and I don't know. It, it just it just helped me. I don't I don't even exactly. For sure, pinpointed why, but um. because the
1: fear of of knowing you're dying as you die makes total sense to me. I mean, there's like the 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 phone call while being eaten by a bear is just a viscerally like it feels almost silly to be like, what's what is, what specifically is terrifying about that? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like yeah. everything, <laughs> but but I think it does require you to be afraid of death for those things to be scary in the first place. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I think there are, I, I, I don't fully understand how these people are this way, but I think there are people who see movies like seeking a friend for the end of the world and don't look up or whatever that are like, yeah, if the world ended, you know, that would just be what it was Um, because they're just not as afraid of death in a specific way and i know that my the the texture of my fear has a lot to do with consciousness with just an inability to fathom you know fathoming is a a function of consciousness so i'm using the thing i have to imagine the the thing the apparatus itself not being there if that makes sense um yeah yeah and and that like yeah, that fucks me up. And so it's interesting to hear. Um, I don't know. It's, it, 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 for somehow it feels like an inverse of that fear to be like, okay, I'm less afraid of not existing than I am of knowing I'm about to not exist.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which or, it sounds like it's what you're saying.
0: It, it, it's like in this idea that it's, um, it's happening now, you know, like mm-hmm, that, like mm-hmm. the idea of like, you know, when people like get sick and like it's like a whole like process and stuff, it's like, you know, that's sad. But it does it to me in in where I'm at now, my mindset isn't as terrifying because it's like, OK, that's, you know, something to work through and you can talk to your friends and your family, like really like p- and you're pondering it and you know, all that. Like it, that's how it feels a little like that to me or instantaneously. And then it's like, Oh, and I had no idea. It's like, Oh yeah. He uh, just like got struck by lightning. And then that was that, you know, like um, it's the idea that it's, it's, and yeah, maybe even in a hospital, I don't know, probably hospital bed. If I really thought about it would freak me out too, like kind of knowing that that's happening and then seeing all these like lights around you. That, right. That's like, that's pretty terrifying. Yeah, it's it's just well, like the this. Like,
1: thing is interesting. It's like a. Go it's ahead.
0: it's this like it's ha- it's happening, and like it's. I maybe it's because of like I can get like panic attacks sometimes, you know, and like thinking that I'm like yeah. gonna die or like thinking stuff's like bad, and the idea that oh no, sometimes some of those people are right, you know, like some of those people are in a situation where yeah. that's correct that they are gonna, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. uh there's like that nine one one call. That happened with like a lady was like in a car and the car was like going underwater and she was like I'm gonna die I'm like I'm not gonna make it out of this and the 911 lady was like no it's gonna be fine you're gonna be all right but then the lady died you know it's like that stuff freaks me out yeah right but what were you saying sorry I cut you off (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, you your of that.
1: no well i was thinking about the because because i do find and it sounds like you maybe agree with this a, a bit of comfort in the idea of a prolonged uh, you know an illness leading to death personally i would prefer that to um not even know it, uh, to dying in my sleep or not even know it. i mean maybe eventually to have the death be in the sleep but i would really love a deathbed moment, a lot of conversations about this stuff, but then that it's still at the end of all that still comes the moment mm. when you're aware maybe that it's happening. Um, and so I was trying to figure out if you were, if you were pro prolonged, you know, illness or anti, but it sounds like it's, it's all kind of like, it's less important Or it's less relevant to the fact of just like, well, whatever the moment is, the scary moment is the the last moment.
0: Knowing it's going to happen, but like either having just the right amount of time to think about it, but not like process it, I think is, I guess, what's the scariest. I don't know.
1: Yes. Yes. That is so real. Because that's what I was thinking about with the 911 call is like, you know. Uh, if if I'm if if that woman survives, it, it, it becomes a ghost, say it is conscious after her death in some way. I feel if I'm her, I feel cheated by that. I'm like, fuck you for telling me everything was gonna be okay. But that's <laughs> yeah. but on one hand, it's like the only way I don't the only reason it would be the right move to say actually you are gonna die is if you were talking to a person you trusted and had enough time, and we'd be able, and we're able to go, and let's process that mm-hmm. right now.
0: I think um, so to find some sort of I peace mean? with it. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it's it's also hard to speculate. Man, how how do you think we're gonna die? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, like each of like us yeah. individually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing that I relate to is I also. Uh, can whip myself into panic attacks mm-hmm. about this stuff, and 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 it, and it's funny doing this show. You know, this is like episode one thirty or something, and 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 as much as I am, you know, I have the show because I think about this stuff, and I and I, you know, it's important to me. But to be able to do it that much you know, some of the show is me posting the show. Some of the show is me like emailing someone to see if they want to do the show. It's not me constantly just thinking about the end, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like even doing a show about that moment is able to numb me to that moment in a different way. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I, talking about it is good. Is that what you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like just like dealing like, like I've, I was, I've been um, reading this book done. called Stiff, and it's about um, corpses and the business of like corpses. Um, I, I, yeah. I've I've only read like the first like three chapters, but like the first one was about like how um, um, uh, what's it called? when they when they do your face, plastic surgeons? Oh, um, um, like when plastic surgeons they like will take a training course sometimes where they will get like a severed head in a bowl from a dead corpse that was donated to science and then they'll like practice like, oh, like, oh, that's the layer of skin that you gotta pull to do a, you know, facelift or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one that there's a, a university that they have a program where they just have a bunch of dead bodies in a field just to like study decomposition. And so just like reading about this stuff, like, oh it's like, oh yeah, I don't know. You just get a little numb to it, even just reading it. But the in the interviews with the people, it's like, oh yeah, you kind of just like you get a little used to it. You try to you know deal with it best you can and and but just like seeing corpses just I think in general makes you like less scared of being a corpse or you like you can disassociate like doctors have to disassociate I assume you know to see death all the time like yeah I think my dad was is a doctor and
1: talked about like the first day that they had uh, I because I think it is kind of a big moment in medical school like your first like live corpses mm -hmm. day and to me that feels like the t- a type of experience that seems like war or something mm. where it's like unless you've been it feels like a kind of thing that you're now like in a new realm of humanity that you've like dealt with a corpse so yeah intimately you know what i mean yeah oh i've dealt with corpses
0: intimately <laughs>
1: I I think I think I'm really I'm really proud of myself for the length of time you it took you to make.
0: uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, really?
1: Intimately joke. I think we had I think we had you in pretty sincere territory there.
0: Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. No, but I I fuck dead bodies uh, and it's not illegal (laughs) in a lot of states. (laughs) (laughs)
1: The podcast comes from my second one man show. And one of the premises in that show is it's like set in the afterlife. And uh, I say that in the afterlife, everyone gets to fully relive one memory, like a room you can pop into and out of whenever you want. Um, You're not sacrificing your other memories. It's just one becomes kind of a bonus, more vivid. You're fully down in it sort of thing, if that were the case. But you had to pick just one memory. What memory would you choose to relive?
0: That's a heavy question. Hmm. Thank you. I'm sure it would be something from my childhood. I think you know. I haven't had. I haven't uh, you know had a child or whatever. So like you know, I'm sure parents might have like a different view on it. But like I find myself I mean, when you constantly fuck
1: corpses. You're not really going to have to deal with having a child.
0: You would think. I still wear protection <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, no, nah, come on. Uh sometimes I've enjoyed media honestly like to like a point where I'm like that's that was like that's like a top tier thing like I really enjoyed the fuck out of like playing that video game like I, now that I'm I'm trying to think about it in in terms of like oh what what about being alone and it's that but then it immediately went to uh when I watched Avengers Infinity War okay it was opening weekend my parents were like there we were like visiting um it was my girlfriend at the time and like some of her family, but it was like my family and like my sister in a packed theater in a movie that I was like into the Marvel movies, but like, I was like, Oh, I want to go see this infinity war one. Uh, that seems like it'll be a lot of fun. And then just like, being in that theater everybody's laughing and cheering and then the ending it was great and everybody walked everybody's so excited like we have to wait a whole year "Ah!" that was that's a fun one so then immediately as i start thinking about being alone and and like oh it kind of years to media and then media just goes to like oh one of my favorite memories of watching a movie in a packed theater with a bunch of people maybe i just feel safe in in a crowd well it's
1: it's interesting too that that connects to the coco thing of like, um, it, you know, it wasn't some like highly influential mystic philosopher that was like, here's the reason you shouldn't be afraid of uh, you know, here's the next step beyond atheism that isn't the Bill Maher route. It was like <laughs> a a child's film that was like colorful and about being with a lot of people. And it's like almost just the feeling you got from watching Coco. Was enough to calm that part of your brain?
0: I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't yeah. know. All I can really, and I say anecdotally because I think it's like also funny. Obviously, like I think I think it's <laughs> yeah. funny to say that that yeah. my fear of death was stopped by Pixar's Coco. Obviously, yes, yes, yes. Um, so but uh, but I definitely do feel like I was I was dealing with such like I was panicking about like death like before that, and then after mm-hmm. that, not so much.
1: I mean that's like legit for a certain population of people that should have been on the fucking poster. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like
1: to be like this yeah. will
0: calm your fucking <laughs> angst, you know. I mean, and then like I'm sure other people watch it. Like I didn't even like that, you know. But uh, although it's I, I'd be hard pressed to find people who actively hated Coco. Like that, that might be tough. It's it's truly I a wonderful it, film. For the I whole think family. they
1: might be at the fucking Rosan show. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
0: What's your coma?
1: And I actually what? have to ask oh. you, mm-hmm. are you familiar with my coma?
0: I am not. I only know from the blurb from the uh link that you were uh in a you had you were okay. in a coma.
1: Yeah. I was in 2014. I was in a coma for a month, was almost taken off life support. The Chicago comedy community eulogized me when they thought I had died. And then I woke up and I got to see all those. Whoa. Um, it, it, it changed a few things. You know what I mean? Like, uh, for, fortunately, I did make a, a few changes, like before and after. It was like, because uh, the reason for it was a little bit of you throw in a little bit of type one diabetes that's unmanaged. You throw in a little bit of uh, addiction stuff and uh, you know, that's, that's what you get. Wow. And so, yeah, yeah. But I think, cause I've talked to people who've had kids and they're like, yeah, everyone comes the first week and brings you meals. And then like, they really need help three months later and they feel abandoned. You know what I mean? And like, that was my experience too. It was like, oh, this crazy moment But then after these big traumatic things is when you actually want the community and support and everything. But also, it's just an example of a moment of transformation. So it doesn't even have to be that gigantic, that um, monumental. It could be super mundane. But I'm just wondering... If there are moments like that for you in your life where you can look back and be like, oh, that was a real coma moment hmm. of like before I was one version of myself and after I was another
0: Ooh. Hmm. Probably the time I was in that coma. No, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I am, uh, I'm currently sober uh so like there was definitely like a moment where i was just i mean but it wasn't a moment it was like a series of moments where i was like man my drinking is absolutely out of hand um so it's
1: a sober like a congratulations are in order sort of sober.
0: Mm, i don't know maybe maybe not i could see myself going back to it i also kind of try to go back to it like casually and then it just instantly i just had way too much and yeah several days in a row and i was like oh i can't handle it at all right now um so wait when 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 would this when did you get sober it was like in november i was just like i was just like barreling you know just like blacking out a lot and just like not really you know feeling bad regretting things i was doing did you know some people never black
1: out when they drink turns out there are some people who have never blacked out it just, that was, <laughs> that was true. my experience. It was like, I thought the point was to drink till blacking out.
0: Like I thought it was just sometimes it happens, you know, like,
1: I really did. Yeah. And, it and, it, and I still don't fully believe that that's not the case, but I'm told that there are people <laughs> in the same way. I don't know if you've had the ex- this experience being sober and being out at a meal and seeing, um, you know when everybody gets up from the table and seeing a bunch of like not fully drunken glasses and wanting to be like i'd like to just quickly polish all of these off before we (laughs) before we leave that's a pretty common experience too
0: it's it is yeah it's a different world to me a little bit like it was the the biggest shift was uh being like oh what do you do to hang out with people now you know, like,
1: mm-hmm, where do you, mm-hmm. it's
0: like, oh, let's meet up at a bar. Let's have a drink. Like, oh, wait, now what do we do? Have dinner? I don't I'm not hungry again. You know, like I. Yeah. Yeah. Have a coffee. It's eight. You know, uh, right. But then I end up just having a coffee at eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it, but it also wasn't that hard for me. You know, like b- right before pan- oh, also my drinking got out of hand. It was after pandemic it was a very clear like I was just. Letting a lot of stuff out for now, years or whatever. But um,
1: wait, what do you mean? Letting like a lot of stuff. Like
0: out? right after. Like I wasn't really drinking much during pandemic. Um. Oh, okay. That's I, what I was wondering. But yeah. I'm a but I'm a social drinker. Like, mm. hard. Like hard. Like I just like I really like hanging out, drinking with my friends. Um, it's so much fun partying. Like just like living that. Um, but because I don't have everything settled up here at the moment it's not a good idea um but i definitely up here
1: I, being you pointed to your your brain my, not my, not my a sort of um, man in the sky sort of uh, but to, i, I
0: like pointed to like my, my erect penis but uh <laughs> which is what i think from uh, uh yeah but i anyway i definitely noticed like after after i was allowed to see people again i was like oh my god let's let's all like drink and have fun and just like party um right. but before pandemic was like kind of a. Big moment, obviously. But, um, what I was doing a Netflix stand up competition show. They were like, Whoa. it's going to be like, a, it's like Last Comic Standing, but it's like Netflix. So it's like not so much about the, uh, the reality aspect of it. Spoiler, it was totally about the reality of aspect. There is. was so yeah. much like on camera stuff where they're like, tell me about yourself. And you're like, growing up, I'm like, this is not, how does this have anything to do with my stand up? Um, and, and, uh, i lost in the first round they asked everybody like clear this was march of 2020 they, they i lost the first round they asked to clear out a whole month just in case you won i lost immediately um my girlfriend at the time was like out of town so i had like no i had nothing on my calendar and nobody back in new york so i was like please can you send me like just back home to, to brownsville i just like want to go like instead of like flying me back to new york fly me back there And they're like okay sure so i flew back there and then the next day it was national lockdown this is a pandemic you know so i kind of entered pandemic as like a loser as a loser as a stand-up mm. loser yeah. um and and that was like a bummer or whatever but and uh, realizing that i wasn't going to do it again for who knows how long or maybe ever at that time i was like it was a bummer but then after like a couple months of just like accepting it and like stuff started to come back they're like you can do it in the park you can do it on like a rooftop i was like no i'm good i'm just not gonna do it until i feel like it's time to do it again which is when we can perform indoors and we have like a vaccine and stuff um yeah. is how i i would feel comfortable because i want to when i get back to it i'm gonna do it and just like fucking go for it um so i kind of was like worried that it would be really hard to quit stand up you know for for that time however long yeah um but i don't know it wasn't i could i could just do i can do things i'm like ah, you know i can't do it right now oh well um what what took the place or did did anything like i did that, I that, that that uh the game show uh, I forget if we talked about when we were recording, but I I did like an online game show for like a year, just like every week. And I would just like yeah. write like 20 new questions, like I'd, trivia with like jokes in it. And I would like invite friends on on Zoom to play that. And that was like a great distraction. It took up so much of my time. I was coming up with a little mini games and researching all these things and trying to write, you know, as many jokes as I could writing a script talking to these people who are helping me like put it on um so it was so such a good distraction um yeah
1: and it wasn't even i mean that's not only not giving up entertainment that's not even giving up comedy it's Ooh. just giving up Stand up, yeah, and I guess of, that's yeah.
0: Because yeah. some, so I think some people are like, it's like stand up. It's like if I can't do it, I'll die. It's like no, no, I won't. I won't. I'm not going to die. <laughs> I, I like it, and many. now, and now that I've now that I've gotten back to, it, I'm I'm so thrilled. And and in fact, I was feeling kind of down. I didn't have shows for a couple days, and I did a show last night, and then just afterward, and it went well. And I was just feeling like on top of the world. I'm like, oh yeah, I really enjoy doing stand up. It's not that I don't enjoy it or I don't, you know. I'm like, oh, I could take it or leave it. I'm like I just couldn't do it, so I didn't and i'm fine and that's relating it back to like drinking i'm like i can't do it right now and it's actually fine i'm not like oh i gotta have that i'm like i, I can't right now
1: yeah yeah but so do you envision a time when you will be able to get back to drinking
0: yeah probably at like uh, 7 p.m tonight <laughs> <Or> no uh, <laughs> yeah this weekend i'm gonna get pretty crazy <laughs> uh i don't I, I i don't know but i i I would assume so because I I like it. I just need to sort some other stuff out that I obviously won't get into on, on a public thing, but uh yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um yeah.
1: I think there's something really I mean the 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 I'll be doing this forever. I, I, it has to be central to my identity or why do it thing is so fucking, I get it, but it's so weird. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of like, you know, the first performing I ever did was improv stuff. And like improv has that like culty way of like changing people. They're like, I'm going to be doing this forever. And then Mm. three years later, they're not. And it's (laughs) like, it doesn't cheapen your experience of it. To say that you just like doing it right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't like, why do we have to become lifetime converts for this to be a valid
0: pursuit? Because, uh, you know, we all heard it from somewhere sometime. So that's how we have yeah. to feel. And then yeah. we li- and the people that we're listening to the most are like these really successful people who are like, oh, I, I, it's it's in my blood. And it's like, oh, I guess it has to be in my blood in order for it to work out. And it's like, oh, no, just some of these successful people are also insane uh, sociopaths who can't really right, uh, right. relate to the idea that anybody could think differently than them. Um, and, and it's on us for just taking their words as, as gospel. Yeah,
1: that's true. Uh, yeah. Um, do, is there a, okay. So in, in terms of the coma moment, it sounds like uh. you're kind of in this gap right now. Cause it's like, you've temporarily stopped drinking, just like you temporarily stopped stand up. And then you imagine, not that you have to, but maybe you'll get back to it but is there something that has already changed about you beyond those things that when you do get back to it you imagine it being healthier or less annoying or less shitty or whatever like what are the what's the way in which you're different or hope to be different
0: uh no i i <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't really know. Like there's like a lot of stuff going on, you know. Like last year went through a breakup. That was like another moment, but I don't want to get into that. Um sure. uh, I I got like last year was a crazy year in that, that happened. I had hit zero, like on financially. I had hit the bottom. I'd been doing a pretty good job of of getting gigs together. You know, unemployment was good over that and then when i got back to it i started getting some gigs and i was surviving from gig to gig and then the gigs just ran dry and i just ran out of money and i had to go get a job at uh, madame tussauds wax museum wow um, did i have to get a job there i don't know it's tough to say but i don't really have work experience and or yeah. education friends of mine were like you should just you should have just lied and said you went to college i'm like oh, i guess that's a good point yeah. um but I uh, felt like that's the only thing that I could do is something in like a, the service industry or whatever, customer service. Um, so I got that job and it was a very humbling moment of like I have had had some, such good things happen in my career. And now I hit bottom um, going through this breakup, working at this place where everybody else is like a teenager, just like trying to make some extra money on the side. Right. Uh and I was like, okay, this is how I'm going to just deal. I'm just going to, you know, I was like, should I just like quit? Should I stop doing comedy? Um, and then I decided, no, you know what? I'm just going to keep, keep trying, figure it out. Tax season hit me real bad. So I'm like, I'm in debt. Like this is, I don't know. There's no way to get out of it at this current job. Let me just try to figure out, go do some stand up on the weekends and then work this job as long as i need to until something works out and then once i like made that commitment in my head um i got hired at the tonight show to write for mm. to write for fallon and that was like you know just the most i felt like i hit the jackpot just so much money um uh, th- that state that got me out of my my debts and got yeah. me you know i could keep living in new york and um it was great and then i did that for a few months and then i got fired by jimmy fallon uh
1: was it fired or was it just not getting the contract picked
0: up fired well i, really? mean, I mean i don't know like what's the difference you know like, i did two cycles I mean, sure. two 13 week cycles and then they're like you we're not picking up for a third and we're just gonna let you go now we'll pay you out for the rest of the month that you're supposed to Ugh. continue being here um and that was like a sure. big like fuck you like we don't even want, we don't even, we're just going to pay you to not even hear your ideas. We just don't want you here. Um, yeah. So then that was kind of like a moment. And then at that time though, I was like, I already saw, you know, I wasn't like thriving there necessarily. I was doing fine, but mm-hmm. um, I, I knew the culture going into it. Um, And so I was kind of like, a little like, oh, I'm, I'm gung ho, I'm feeling good, like stuff is was like a, about to start working out anyway, I have like savings now, uh, stuff, something's gonna work out, and then just sort of like holiday season, and then I'm finding myself back in the same place I was a year ago, worrying about money, tax season's coming up, I don't have. I have some gigs in the in, coming up, but I'm also like, uh, you know, you never know with these and I I need to see it in writing. I need to do, it. I can't count my chickens before mm-hmm, they hatch. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like in that same place uh, once again. Uh, and it's, uh you know, th- this is going to be a fun little time capsule. We'll see how it all works out. <laughs> well, I'm curious what makes you, because I've had moments like that where you're like,
1: will I quit? Should I stop? You know, that's where I'm at right this- now. Yeah right and having this little moment of being like no i'm going to keep seeing this through and my experience has always been like not never like a specific thing cut like some sign appearing to me and going you should keep going it's always just like there's some weird fight i have in me that's like no keep going is that the same for you fight
0: that is exactly i was i was I mean, I've been having some downs as of as of late, and sometimes I'm questioning how much fight I do have left in me, but i uh, the fight is is a term that i've I've used and when I've talked to like f- other friends who are feeling so many people are feeling in such similar ways to me and yeah. and the answer is just like get just like a shitty day job again that I don't like, but I'm like yeah i but do I have the fight left in me to continue doing it? I can just get a shitty day job and move back home and like recalibrate or you know, maybe just do something else completely. I don't know. Um fight is is such a is such a good word. What was the question? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just really relate to that terminology.
1: Yeah. It's I mean, it sounds like I mean, I like that on some level my question was like, do you have the fight left in you to mm-hmm. or or in that Madame Tussauds moment, did you have the fight left in you? And your answer is kind of like. I don't know right now. I'm trying to figure out if I do. And And I think that's very fucking interesting.
0: Actively at this exact moment. But I think the tough, because I did find that fight in me again, and then I got the jackpot and then I lost it. And I'm like, that's the hard part. If I hadn't gotten that job at that time Mm -hmm. and I had just kept going, I think I could have been like fine for like a while more, but it's like getting it and then losing it where I'm like, oh fuck. And, and also after I lost it, I was like, it's going to be fine because I'm going to go on the road and I'm going to make some money and I'll figure it mm-hmm. out. And I'm going to go to Edinburgh, which I think I'm still going to do this year. You're doing it People this like, year? I'm I'm more than likely going to go, but also we should talk about it. I've the been theater. a couple of times. Oh, shit. I would love that. I would love to. I
1: genuinely would love to help however I can. Oh, it's thanks, my man. favorite fucking thing in the world. Oh, sweet. I don't know how you're doing it. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll,
0: do you know I'll Zach Zucker? Do you know Zach Zucker from Stamp Town? Uh-huh.
1: I don't know him personally, but I know who he is. He's yeah.
0: he's helping me. He's helping me with it. Uh, but I, I would great. love I would love some uh, a conversation about that. Uh, yeah. With you. Hell yeah. Um, and I, then I, other yeah. than that, I guess before we
1: before I stop recording, I should just say that you're available for uh, being for
0: playing a cop on TV. <laughs> yeah, please hire me to play a cop on TV. I love I will do a show literally called Copaganda the show. Please just let me. <laughs> I need work. Nah. That
1: is the show. Thank you for listening. Tell a friend you know who'd love the show. Tell them about the show. Follow, support Martin at the links in the show notes. Go to patreon.com slash Dave Marr for more from the This Is Your Afterlife audio universe. You get the afterlife movie club episodes you get the after shows about to record the after show with claire and maybe megan i don't know if she'll be there but about the episode with my mom episode 100 so get on there patreon.com slash dave marr and hear that very soon and until next week remember you are a mist And
0: human beings they do miracles